We have a part that's compassionate. We have a part that experiences joy. And we all have a part that experiences depression and sadness. And the way that we heal and transform something is we go right into it and get to know it well. And that is how we transform it. So don't go away from your depression or whatever you're experiencing. Look at it and get to know it really well and untangle it. Welcome to the Secret Life Podcast. Tell me your secret. I'll tell you mine. The best way to support the show is to subscribe and share. If you haven't left a review or ratings on iTunes, please do. It helps more people find our show. And if you want to be on it, please shoot me a note at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Welcome to Secret Life Podcast. I'm Brianne Davis-Gant. Today, I'm pulling back the curtains of all kinds of human secrets. We'll hear about what people are hiding from themselves or others. You know those deep, dark secrets we probably want to go to our grave with? Are those lighter, funnier secrets that are just plain embarrassing? Really, the how, what, when, where, and why of it all. Today, my guest is Michelle. Now, Michelle, I have a question for you. Yes. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> what is your secret? <laughs> I love your laugh. It's so great. I love your question, how you asked it. Oh, gosh, my secret. You do, you do need music, by the way. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> I actually like making my own. <laughs> <laughs> I love your own music. That's cute. So my secret is this. I spent, and, and again, for people that don't know me, you know, I have a big podcast and a therapist mm-hmm. and a coach, and I've done this for 25 years, not the podcast, but everything else. And I lived with a secret, which is I felt like I was damaged goods. And I really hated myself and even thought of suicide many times for probably the first half of my life. And I think when people that know me now, they're Uh like, what? You? I'm like, yeah, like really into my 30s, even maybe the first two thirds of my life. People are shocked by that. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I mean, even it doesn't even matter what we look like on the outside, that we all have those moments of like, I believe of self-loathing or not good enough or not that you want to commit suicide, but you have those thoughts like, I don't want to be here on this planet anymore. Right. Exactly. It was just life for me was I had such negative thinking Mm -hmm. and the ruminating negative thoughts. And really the thoughts, I just felt like I just hated myself. I was like, there's nothing good about me. But again, like on the outside, I was what they called functionally depressed. Like nobody knew, you know, I could put myself together. I always had a boyfriend. I got okay grades. Like I looked pretty like, you know, like the normal, the normal. Yeah. Yeah. And, And, um, yeah. And then I, nobody knew. And I was like, I just, I don't even know who to tell. And it was just not a good time on the inside of me. But yeah, that was definitely a secret. I kept it hidden for sure. So do, uh, let's go back. Do you remember the first time you had those negative thoughts? I do actually. I have a vivid memory of, um, which I wouldn't have called it bullying then, but looking back on it, when I was, I went to a Catholic school up in Rochester, New York, and Mm -hmm. um, there was a boy that every time I'd get off the bus, so in Catholic school, you wear the little uniforms with the skirts and the dresses, and um, he'd flip my skirt up every day. (gasps) That's that's sexual harassment. Oh my God. I mean, if he did it now, forget it, you know, but it was, this is way back when a long time ago. And, um, 
And I remember I'd be so like scared to get off the bus and I wouldn't want to get off the bus and he'd flip my skirt up and everyone would laugh. I was mortified. I was so upset. And then he just started pushing me sometimes when I'd get off the bus. And I remember one day walking into my house and I walked up to the, to the, to the drawer where the steak knives were and I pulled a steak knife out and I looked at my wrist and I said, you know, if I put this knife to my wrist... I won't, I, he, he won't bother me ever again. Cause I won't even be here. Like wow. I still, ha- I can see myself walking and I was 10 years old <gasps> wow. and I, and it was just because of this freaking kid that was, and you know, otherwise you, I, my, my day at school was fine. It was just the bus with this one particular kid. This one you, bully. you are bringing flashbacks to me that I've never actually talked about. I had this moment also when I was 10 or 11 and this kid said that in second grade, I pulled my pants down for him on the Mm. playground. Yeah. And that was not true. And I remember going home and going, that is not true. I did not do that in second grade, but he was telling everybody in fifth grade and you just talking about that just made my stomach drop because, because that was, I think the first time for me where it felt like, sexuality was so attached to being a female. Yes. Oh yeah. And people taking advantage of that. And I never wanted a man to make me feel less than ever again. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. My gosh. Oh my God. I'm like feeling Ah. nauseous right now Ah. because you just brought that up and I've never told anyone that ever. Another secret reveal. Yeah, I mean, the, we're, we're, yeah. we have them. But so you remember that first time with the knife. Yeah. How did it progress for you? Again, like I, I didn't think about suicide all the time, but mm-hmm. I just remember feeling really sad. There's no way out. I don't know how to fix this. Um, and again, I, I, don't, I don't remember like the exact time frames, like day by day, but I yeah. just remember then in high school and I had certainly, I came from this Italian family, lots of, and when, when Italians talk about their families, it's not just mom, dad, sister, it's mom, dad, Huge. sister, aunt, uncle, grandparents, yeah. <laughs> cousins, you know, it's like all of us extended family, but there was a lot of drinking. There was a lot of, again, codependency. I would say adult child of alcohol, of alcoholics. I right. was... Again, it was just, it was really a difficult childhood from the emotional perspective. I mm-hmm. felt loved, but there was a lot of dis- dysfunction growing up in my household. Yeah. Um, a lot of anger. I had an uncle that was a rager. It was just that. So that absolutely played a huge role in my anxiety, in my depression. So but then I was in high school and I remember doing a lot of drinking and a lot of smoking pot, mm-hmm. um, a lot. And I would feel better, but then when I wasn't drinking and partying, again, all those mean thoughts would come back up and the sad thoughts would come back up. So it just sort of got worse as I got older and older and older. And by the time I was 21, I remember coming up from college on break. I just couldn't stop crying. I remember I was standing in the store with my mom, like at the mall. Mm-hmm. We were buying stuff and we were standing in line and she was talking to me about, I don't even know, it was something random. And I looked at her and I started crying. She's like, why are you crying? I go, I don't even know. And I realized I just couldn't even keep it in anymore. That depression was like seeping out of me. And of course, went to the doctor. My mom's like, you know, you need to go to a doctor. But back then, I mean, we're talking 1990. 
um, there was not like a, you know, a therapist on every corner. No. And they didn't even believe in that kind of stuff. No. Oh God, no. Nobody did that. In fact, I remember my dad saying like, well, we don't air our dirty laundry. Dirty laundry. I was about to say that. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, what? Okay. So all this stuff I have inside, I had to keep inside. Yeah. Because um, they didn't even believe in therapists. I mean, even when I've talked to my mom about things, she's like, I'm I would never go to a therapist. I'm like, it's okay to go and talk to somebody. And she's like, I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Good God. I hear so many excuses. Yeah. But it's like, we all need help. Being human yeah. is hard. It's hard work and we need help. And so I went to the psychiatrist and he, um, he said, yes, you're depressed. You're anxious. Here's your Prozac. You know, here's a sample for four days. Go get this filled and you'll be fine. And I was like, that's it? Like, what about all this family crap that I want to talk about? He's like, well, go down to the mental health clinic, downtown Rochester. And I'm like, I'm not driving to downtown. (laughs) No, thank you. That scares me. So I took Prozac for three days and it gave me such migraines. I was like, I'm not doing this, but I'm going to find another way. And that's really where I started to transform in that moment out of that depression is what happened. And what were the first things you tried that really felt like there was some relief? Um. I always, since I was a child, was really spiritual. Like I always felt this connection with something other than me. Now I grew up, of course, I, you know, Catholic, but I don't mean re- in a religious way. It was more no, like in a energy. spiritual, yeah, yeah like something spiritual. bigger than you. I knew it. I could feel it. I was very intuitive. I could feel energy around me. I could feel all that happening. So mm-hmm. always around me, and I was very intuitive or psychic, if you want to say that. But I just knew things all the time, mm-hmm. and so I was very drawn to things like meditation, even way back when in the 90s, early 90s, like meditation. I loved learning about chakras. I loved going to people that did energy medicine. So I started there, but Mm -hmm. also I was getting a degree in counseling. I was getting a master's in counseling. So it was kind of, it was a mix of very, I would, what I would call then very traditional kinds of ways, as well as non-traditional, which is now kind of the norm. I mean, everyone yeah. talks about yoga, med, you know, who doesn't have a meditation practice, let's face it. So, but back then it was like kind of bizarre, like totally bizarre. I'm, like, I'm meditating. They're like, what's that? Oh, okay. I even think like 10 years ago when I started in my program, it was still a little bizarre. Like, yeah, were like totally. you sit and totally. just do nothing. <laughs> I remember going to a chiropractor in the early nineties and we were like, people were like, what is that? I'm like, it's a chiropractor. <laughs> they <laughs> fix your back or your neck. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was a long time ago. So that's, that's where everything started to pivot for me. And I became um, like, I was on this quest. I was like, I will learn how to really fix what's going on in my head because I realized I don't feel like I love myself. Like the way that I'm talking to myself tells me that I hate myself. Yeah. So I've got to figure out. So I just decided, I think in my early twenties, I think the problem is I just don't love who I am. So that's really what happened. I just started taking like Every class you could imagine, mm-hmm. traditional, non-traditional, everything under the sun, read every book I could get my hands on. And I noticed that, you know, I would take a class and get certified in this or certified in that. And um, I started to feel a little bit better and then a little bit better. And along the way, I started feeling a little bit more better. So that's kind of what happened in my early 20s was this really this big quest. And I still am on a journey and I feel like I'm blazing down my path, always looking for ways to, again, really create transformation, but quickly. 
Because I don't mm-hmm. think it should take a long time. Like a lot of people think it takes like years and years. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. But yeah. So well, here's my question for you though. I, yeah. I mean, to this day, don't do you still have days when that negative voice comes in your head? Well, I'm still human, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I'm asking because we're you're you were just talking about that, and I the other night, just the other night, after all these years of therapy, work, meditation, all that. I had this voice in my head that kept calling me a loser. Yeah, totally. And, and and if you look around my life, I am not a loser, but this voice would not stop. And I had to say to my husband, like, I cannot quiet this voice. It's like beating in my head right now. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have those moments still? I do. Um, but that is, I would say those happen like very infrequently compared yeah. to when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the model, like the whole adult chair model is based around what do I do when I have those voices? So that's just an internal egoic part of us. So yeah. now I know, turn toward that part and get to know that part because it's trying to give us a message. It's got something it wants us to know. And then it transforms. It's, very, it's a very quick process now. But yes, of course, I still have them. But the good news is, is I know what to do with them. Now. You have the tools now. You yes, have tools. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Which I do too. Like I, you know, called my sponsor. I reached out. I jumped on a meeting. I Those tools actually got out of that negative thinking. But it was, it was crazy when you realize that it's happening and you're like, why, why am I talking to myself like this? Yeah, I know. Well, it, I mean, we still have an ego and those ego parts and the parts in the shadow, they're going to rise up. Oh. And when they rise up, it's really, I, you know, I see it as a gift now. Yeah. I didn't see it as a gift before, but now I go, oh, there's another part that's ready to transform and come into the light. So it's rising up. It wants my attention. I want to get to know it boom. And then it transforms. Oh, I love that because that's what I felt. It's all when that voice comes up, it's usually something I need to heal still. Yeah. I need to look at, which I, this leads me into my next question. I love talking about the seven deadly sins, not in the religious sense, but more in the character defect, you know, the ego Mm -hmm. with the pride. So let me name them for you. And Mm -hmm. this secret that you held for so long now that you've transformed, if any of them attach to these. So we got pride, greed, lust, gluttony, envy, anger, or sloth. It's so hard when you say all of them because when I feel all of them, it's like there's not one that goes, oh, that's it. Mine was more um, seven deadly sins. The one that involved my secret, I, I I might be able to pull like anger in. Yeah, Mine's that's what like, I was going to say. Like, I was going to yeah, say I wonder anger. About anger. Yeah, I was really angry with my family, but mm-hmm. bigger than that, it felt like it was just more embarrassment and shame in who I was. But I did carry anger around for my family, for my problems. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I was able to really look at that, mm-hmm. that, that things transformed. Um, yeah, I did a lot of blaming for sure, which doesn't serve anybody. It certainly did not serve me, but I was stuck in that for a long time, the anger well, and blame. What about envy? Envy? I, you mean like envy people that might be really healthy? Or yeah, healthy? because I would, when I was suffering in my disease, I would be envious of people that did not have this same, you know, affliction or like problems in their head. Yeah. I, you know what? That's a good, great point. I should say I definitely did. I would look outside of myself and say mm-hmm. like, gosh, they look like they have it all together, which again, the person I know to that who I am today, we all have stuff, but yes, yeah. I did look outside of myself and think, oh, 
You're perfect. And they like, what's wrong with me? Why am I yeah. so, oh, why am yeah. I so broken? Why yes. am I so alone? And that's what For I remember sure. always feeling like I am broken. Something is just missing inside of me. That's how I felt too. Yep. I'm broken, damaged goods, the whole nine yards. Yep. Ugh. So who do you think at that time, you know, through the whole journey of letting go of this secret, who did it benefit and who did it harm? I should say this, like, right now or like now in my life, I mm -hmm. think that my secret benefits or benefited like my clients because I worked so hard on myself. Mm -hmm. I learned so much and it really like people laugh at me. They're like, what aren't you certified in? I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, wanna, I learned everything. I was like, I got to learn this and now I got to learn that. And I got to read this book and I got to go meet this teacher and I got to master this. And because of that, and because of the life that I've lived, I now look at it with like gratitude. And I'm like, wow, I actually have gratitude for it because now I can help so many people. I can spot love addiction a mile away, codependency a mile away, mm -hmm. love, you know, all of that because I walked through it. So anyone that follows me or is a, is a client of mine, they benefit because of what I went through and the secret that I held for so long because I worked so hard to transform that, that secret. Oh, I have so many questions for you. I still want to ask. First of all, how how many things are you certified in? Honestly, oh my gosh. if you could count my, just off the top of your head. Yeah, actually, my 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 assistant listed these out for something, some resume I had to send in a few mm. years ago, and it was like forty things. Like it was ridiculous. No. Yes. Yes. It was about forty something different things. Like. Because it's it's all kinds of things that are traditional and non-traditional. So yeah. whether it be, you know, different kinds of trauma work and somatic experiencing and chakra medicine and energy medicine, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Working with depression, working with anxiety, EFT, emotionally focused therapy, and EFT, the tapping EFT. I mean, it's like I've done this a long time. Wow, brain spotting, EMDR, like all that stuff. It's like it was a little ridiculous. Wow, but. you are like a lovely type A doer. And I love that because I'm, <laughs> I'm that way too. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to get sober in sex and love addiction, I'm going to yep. go full force. I'm going to put everything. I'm going to like really do the steps. I'm going to, I took like two years doing my, my fourth step. I did wow. Reiki. I did yeah. meditation. I did therapy twice a week. Like, I just like, I want to heal. And that's why I'm doing my podcast is to give mm. back to other people. That's awesome. Beautiful. So normally I ask how you move forward, but like all the work you're doing now with your mm -hmm. podcast and mm -hmm. everything, can you talk about it and tell my listeners? How I move forward or what the show? What do you want to know? Yeah, about the show, about everything yeah. you're doing, the oh adult chair you talked yeah. about. Yeah, please. So it all came together about 10 years ago um, when I really, I was working again. <laughs> I was working in a group and there was like 10 of us and we had a teacher and we were doing experiential work that I had done a million times, but for whatever reason, you know, when everything just kind of comes together mm -hmm. and we were doing like inner child work and working with the ego parts, we're working with the adult, the authentic adult or the healthy adult part. And it all came together for me about, like I said, like 10 years ago in this group, for whatever reason, I remember the day I was on the couch and in this group and it felt like a lightning bolt came through me. And I realized 
I now know what everybody wants and needs. They need to know what a healthy adult looks like and feels like and how to exist in the world as a healthy adult. And we don't know how to do that. We don't know how to feel our emotions well. We don't know how to watch our thoughts well. We don't know how to live in the present moment. We don't know how to set boundaries well. We're not empowered. We need all of those things to be healthy. So that became my mission to teach the whole world how we live from a healthy adult space. And that means someone that knows how to love themselves with self-worth. And so that was my mission. That started 10 years ago. So again, I've seen clients for 25 years. I don't really see clients as much anymore, but I started the podcast five years ago. And the podcast is all around just me offering really simple solutions to everyday life's problems. And I break it down. You know, when someone says, I remember people have said to me in the past, well, you need to learn how to love yourself. And I'd say, well, well, how? Like, yeah, I know, I know Tell that. Tell me how, right? I, like, I want like, to love myself. <laughs> how do you love addiction? Tell me how, like, okay, how? Like, okay, so the show is all about breaking things down to very simple steps you can apply today. Like, so it's simple psychology mixed with grounded spirituality. So it's a beautiful blend of like, it's a holistic approach to healing and -hmm. transformation. So I've got the podcast. I do live workshops and intensives. Um, I have a membership group for people that really want to take a deep dive into themselves every month. And that's a beautiful gift that I really wanted to give to everybody that, again, because we don't know what to do. I did not know what to do. So I said, I'm going to create something for people to take them on that deep dive of healing. So every month in the membership, we have a different theme and we focus, again, like this whole month we're doing acceptance. We've done self-worth. Next month we're doing uh, we're working out and our defenses or the armor that we wear in the oh, world. Oh yeah. Like yes. the masks. I like oh, to call them the masks. We so do wear. I. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So that is what I do with that. And then the last thing we do with the adult chair, because I've had so many requests around the world for the last few years for adult chair coaches all around the world. So now I, I just created a certification program that's launching in September. Actually, we're running our first coaches through that program. So oh. we're doing a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's it's so fun. And I love being able to help people. I, that's my passion. I love that. Well, I just, I, I think the last thing I want to ask you is if mm-hmm. a listener is listening right now and they're struggling with hating themselves, the depression, you know, suicidal thoughts that you dealt with so many years ago, what mm-hmm. would be your advice for them today just to relieve some of that pain that they're Mm -hmm. feeling. I would say this, that we are made up of many, many, many parts. We have a part that's compassionate. We have a part that experiences joy. And we all have a part that experiences depression and sadness. So when people understand that the depression is not who they are, it's a part of them. Again, if you're a puzzle, even of a hundred pieces, that depression part is just screaming really loud and it really needs your attention. So what we do when we're in pain, whether it's emotional or physical pain, is we want to push it away. And the way that we heal and transform transform something is we go right into it and get to know it well. And that is how we transform it. So don't go away from your depression or whatever you're experiencing. Look at it and get to know it really well and untangle it because Mm -hmm. it just, it just wants our attention. That's all that it wants. And once we get to know it and really learn again with depression, it is about 
learning how to feel your emotions, doing inner child work. I'm huge. I'm a huge proponent of inner child work. Oh, me too. Me too. Isn't it powerful? It is powerful. But when you first, if you've never done it, you're like, this is silly. I don't want to talk to my inner child. But I remember this moment when I had the most healing. It was like four years in. And I remember I took my little girl's hands and I like walked her out of my house, out of the house. Like, I will take care of you now. I am your parent. It was like, but it was such a beautiful moment. But if I would have told somebody or myself four years earlier, I'd have been like, you're crazy. Like. Yeah, totally. I, I know it sounds work. crazy. It is powerful. I created a um, at the adultchair.com forward slash inner child. I have two really beautiful meditations. They're guided meditations to help you to get to know your inner child. Mm-hmm. And then I have journaling prompts that help you even go deeper to connect with that part of yourself. Because honestly, with depression and anxiety, I really feel like it's the inner child part that's missing that really needs the attention. That's the part that we're looking for. That's the part that has those emotions. So connecting with that part really can transform us. And I also say that inner child work is like getting back to our gold, what we were born Mm -hmm. with. Like, uh, like we we put all this stuff on top. So it's like digging through the shit to get to your gold again. Totally. Because we Uh, love that part of us. We don't know what to do with that intimate, precious, vulnerable part of us. We don't know what to do with it. So most of us block that part and we numb it out and we really need it to be healthy. So, and I think it's easier so much to numb out right now with social media access to like swipe left, swipe right. Always looking for something bigger, better and shinier. I agree. I agree. Well, I know you kind of have a gift for the listeners. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So again, Loving the adult chair so much. And I and I hear from people every day, like countless people that say, thank you, transform my life. I wanted to give your listeners a free month into the membership. So they just go to theadultchair.com forward slash membership. And the promotional code that you have to put in is secret life, no space. It's one word, secret life. And there you go. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, telling yeah, us your you. secret, how you got through it and on the other side. Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Yeah. And if you want to be on the show, please email me at secretlifepodcast at iCloud.com. Until next time. Thank you again for listening to Secret Life Podcast. Please subscribe, share, send me a note, and you can always support the show with a donation on our site, secretlifepodcast.com. Until next time, bye.